0: Welcome. You are listening to Ladies Who Genre, a podcast book club for ladies and not ladies who like to genre now and then. I'm your host, Morgan. And I'm your other host, Noelle. This is not going to be a spoiler-free podcast, so if you've not read this episode's book or really the whole series and are sensitive to spoilers, then please pause the podcast
1: now and come back after you've had a chance to read it. And there may be really, really big spoilers. There's a trigger warning for this guy. Um, There are a lot of battle scenes. It's called Battleground, guys. There's actually quite a bit of cursing in peace talks um, and less so in Battleground. And that was actually very surprising to me because I am not sensitive to cursing in any way. In fact, I am basically a pirate. But even I was like, damn, dude, that's a lot of cursing. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're discussing Peace Talks and Battleground by Jim Butcher. We are treating these two books as one because they were written as one, and neither is really a complete story without the other.
0: I don't know that I even necessarily realized that after having listened to
1: the first book, which came out about maybe two months or so before the next one. Yeah, one came out in the beginning of July, and the other one came out in the end of September.
0: Yeah, so I listened to the the first one, Peace Talks, right when it came out, and I guess I could sense that, like, hmm, a lot of things are talked about but not resolved. It wasn't until listening to Background that I realized that so many of full-on stories, uh, story types that Jim Butcher tends to do, the way he tends to format his books, while not necessarily completely formulaic, a little bit they are. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize
1: how much these are one book that got split into two. I f- really felt like they were one book for sure, even when I read Peace Talks, because that ending, like I got an hour away from the ending and I was like, there is no way they are going to wrap this up in an hour. Oh, we are listening to these in audiobook just for anyone who doesn't already know that. So yeah, I was about an hour out and I was like, there's no way. And I'm like, damn it, another cliffhanger. And that's w- how I actually found out that they're, that it was written as one book, but it was it was too epically long and he had to split it in order to make sure that like it could sell because I think they said it would have cost like $50 or something to buy the book because it would have been so massive. So he decided to make it to smaller books, which still ends up costing you $50 somehow if you buy it in hardback. So, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know, buying things in incremental units is yeah, yeah. maybe more affordable. Yeah, I felt like, uh, and I was like, you are so lucky. That you like, not lucky, but smart to put it out right afterwards, too, because I would have been mad if I had to wait years for that. Yeah. There was one where, um, like, Molly gets snatched by winter, and that was a cliffhanger. And then there was like a giant gap in how long it was till the next book. And I was so pissed. <laughs> now, I, th- I am glad that if they
0: had to split the books up, at least they did so in very short, you know, chronological
1: timeline for us us humans here in the real world. Also, Battlegrounds for me was friggin exhausting. Like I was dying by the end of it. I I did power through the like last half of the book all basically in one day, but it is it is a grueling book for him. It takes place over one day, like most of Peace Talks and all of Battlegrounds except the very end of it take place all in one day. And by the end of it, you are exhausted. So I'm actually really glad he split it into two books because I I, I needed a break. Like that would have been too much. I already feel like I don't want to move on to our next book. i ne- I'm, I'm listening to podcasts and stuff just to like palate cleanse because I just need to like calm down emotionally from that <laughs> which is fair yeah yeah
0: i don't know i maybe we'll talk about it more but i guess i feel like it could have been one book and then just really more severely edited down mhm okay i i i feel like that was possible okay you know but then again i've listened to a lot of books that are you know 40 hours long to listen to which you know most of Jim Butcher's books are like 10 to 15 yeah So I I can see how that's a lot if that's not the usual content the author brings.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was two distinct stories. And I understand why they did a split where they did because one of them literally is an attempt at peace talks and the other one is literally a battleground. So, like, (laughs) I can understand why they would split it, but... I can also see trying to make it into one book, but you'd have to take out so much of the content. And, and there is a major character death in the second book, like a major character death. And so when that happens, like it needs its time, like you need to take some time with that. So I, I'm I'm pro two book. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the One thing that makes me laugh about this is that it's kind of its
0: own spoiler, the titles. Yeah. these Talks. But then Battleground, hmm, something tells me the peace talks didn't go very well.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he is going to write apparently 20 to 21 regular books and then do a epic battle trilogy. And so I kind of feel like Battleground, because it was just one book that is a giant battle, I do feel like it was a a practice round for his epic trilogy because I, I and uh, man, that's going to be exhausting. And I hope he also releases those back to back because I don't know if I'm going to be able to like read that much into a giant trilogy battle and not have be able to access the next book although i, I am obviously like i just said totally exhausted by this one <laughs> so who knows i mean but you'll probably have like five years to recover between yeah. this and the next so eh. yeah. what do you think the final battle is going to be is it going to be the outer yeah folks i think so mm. uh and nemesis and all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the stuff that he's just been like sliding in for the last few books is I'm gonna is gonna come full circle i think at the time and the nemesis being that walker that one walker but i don't think it's just the one walker i think it's probably all the walkers and and he starts the the book series by talking about a walker that he battled to get away from his mentor when he was a young kid and then he starts to realize like he didn't actually defeat the walker the walker let him go he realizes this at some point So I feel like, yeah, he's going to go fight the walkers at the end. I mean, he's scaled up this book hardcore. (laughs) The other books are kind of case files, I would say. Like something happens and he has to go fight something. And each time it does get a little bit bigger. But this is the first time that you're like, damn, (laughs) are you actually ready for this? And he's like, yeah, I got this. And you're like, okay, good luck. (laughs) All right. I feel like we really want to just dig into the book yeah, <laughs> so yeah. why don't we
0: talk about our pairings really quick I decided that since this book is full of all the destruction and mayhem and shenanigans particularly well let's just say you know demolition I went with Elliot Bay demolition ale <laughs> to celebrate or commemorate the uh, destruction of Chicago in battlegrounds yeah and presumably the subsequent rebuilding I don't know
1: I guess we'll see in future books. I started out wanting to go with something like a monster energy drink. And then I realized I don't want to drink a monster energy drink. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because man, this thing was like uh, exhausting. And I felt like I needed a monster energy drink just to listen to the books. So, and I did listen to them back to back again. So that, that was another (laughs) probably part of this exhaustion, but I decided to go with a cup of coffee that is mostly sugar and milk. And for those of you who have read, Battleground, you will know exactly why I picked that. But it would be it would be something you'd need. You would need some protein, a whole bunch of sugar, and a little bit of coffee for staying up to do battle. So cute.
0: Okay, but we'll get into that a little bit later, I think.
1: So here's where we do the opening line of the book, where I'm gonna read both of them because I feel like (laughs) they both give you a little insight into how the books are. The opening line of Peace Talks is my brother ruined a perfectly good run by saying Justine is pregnant. And the opening line to Battleground is apocalypses always kick off at the witching hour it
0: is it is interesting how much the book both relates and also doesn't
1: relate peace talks specifically to the whole Justine being pregnant plot line. I mean, it talks about Thomas and the entire I mean, peace the peace talks have nothing to do with Thomas, and yet they do. To yeah he's the
0: background plot device that makes harry and lara you know up to shenanigans because otherwise yeah. they wouldn't be right they would right. be at the peace talks doing the political talk thing and instead they have to go do the side mission yeah right yeah. so i can appreciate that oh oh the opening scene can we talk about the like starting stuff after he talks with thomas during their beach run whatever the pancakes with his oh yeah double yeah. daughter yeah like his
1: his intellectual skull daughter yep and his flesh daughter it's weird because they brought that skull bonnie so bonnie is the result of the union of harry dresden's mind and the spirit of a fallen angel that was trapped in his head for you know less books than i remembered um, I just reread everything, obviously, and so I was like, "Oh, I thought she was in there a lot longer. It was only three or four books, actually." But yeah, when when Lashiel, Lash as he calls her, sacrificed herself, it sort of imp- impregnated harry and then harry had to give birth in the in the previous book to a spirit of intellect which is very akin to his friend bob who is also a spirit of intellect and bonnie is a little girl spirit of intellect right now
0: which is so cute oh my god like she so bonnie and maggie which i love that his two daughters are bonnie and maggie yeah it just the like almost rhyming yeah so stinking cute But they're trying to make pancakes, and the spirit is full of the, like, I know, 200 recipes for pancakes, and it's just so stinking cute. I I appreciate that, given how much they're not going to be able to devote a lot of time to Harry and his time as a parent for Maggie, I mean, in part because he didn't know that she existed for so long, and they they kind of jump into this showing that there's probably some time between the books where he did get to spend time with his daughter. It's just so cute. I I appreciate the fluff.
1: Yeah, I liked that fluff too. My my concern about it was they talk they bring up Bonnie and they talk about her and then she is nowhere to be seen for the rest of the two books and he's very concerned at all times about Maggie. Like she comes up constantly as a source of like not inspiration but like drive for his character to do what he's doing mm-hmm. never once as bonnie mentioned and also like where is she yeah he had to flee with maggie from the place that he was at the time but there's no commentary about what happened to bonnie any to anywhere all the way through the rest of the two books so now i'm like uh what, what happened yeah. what happened there is did you did you oh. remember that did you and yeah, like they haven't even mentioned her in a kind of cursory, here's where she's hanging out. Right. Like I gave her skull to so and so for safekeeping thing. Nope, none of that. And I'm like, oh, okay. How how is that happening now? I mean, I just assume she's at Michael's house, but I Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess if we remember again that almost the entire two books are taking place over the course of practically a, a night, like I I yeah. guess I can see yeah. how it makes sense that they wouldn't necessarily talk about her location during that time. Although it is weird just in a like parent thinking about his child sense. Yeah. That I yeah. don't think
1: he feels that same parentage no. over Bonnie that he does over Maggie. And in some ways, he's even more of a parent to her than he is to Maggie because he didn't raise Maggie for the first six years of her life or what, eight years of her life? Some some amount of years. But then he just stated that <laughs> bonnie like he's he's not only her dad he's her mom in some ways so yeah like it he she's she's literally part of him that that, that is fascinating to me i maybe she's still in the svartalv house that was or is belonging to uh molly but mm-hmm. who knows like i guess if it's only a day i guess he has to go nothing happened to that apartment so I don't know. I don't know what the. Yeah. Presumably she's still hanging out there. I, I'm sure it'll all get
0: resolved. Yeah. Uh, and that we'll see her again in the next book. Yeah. And everything will be fine. When she'll be a delight. Uh, but you're
1: right. It is weird that they, she's like the second chapter of the first book and then never again. Yeah. I mean, hmm. she's a great plot device. They should have just like hang hang on to that thread. But I. there was a lot going on. So yeah. So I'm going to let this slide. This is I've now <laughs> passed judgment. That is fair. His his conjuritis. What do you think about this? So, what I think about this is <laughs> so it it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's silly. It's very funny. So, what happens is you get this thing called conjuritis and and essentially it's like allergies or whatever you sneeze and then whatever you were thinking about conjures out of nowhere. And And happens to be there. So, like, if you were thinking about a baseball, a baseball would just drop out of the sky, and it would last a few minutes, and then it would go back to ectoplasm and and evaporate. But it seemed like kind of an awesome plot device because he used it to his advantage later. But it didn't. It wrecked his plans a lot in peace talks, but not in battleground, which I was just like, okay. (laughs) But he used it. He used it as a really good weapon later, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I can appreciate comedic. Relief yeah, yeah value that it had you needed it it it's very funny, like very silly things happen because of it. and also, holy cow treacherous things happen like when they're actually down there trying to get Thomas out of jail, man, <laughs> it totally feels like a Harry Potter style, yeah, uh, yeah, childhood disease, you know, it's or like, not illness, not disease, you know what I mean? It's like Ron puking slugs for the next three days, yeah, like it, yeah, it feels very children's book-esque i guess yeah. which is which funny because it's nice we were just discussing how this is not a children's book <laughs> 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 yeah the, i did have a big frustration i guess with the the first book because they have never told ebenezer who is harry dresden's grandfather that harry dresden has a brother whose name is thomas yeah. oh my god he's a vampire
0: uh, that thing that thing that they do in shows and books and movies and everything where a character has this problem and with another character and everything would be solved if they spent five fucking minutes sitting down and talking to each other but then they don't and that's the yep. story that's yeah. the driving device behind the story or you
1: have a piece of of information and you just like refuse for no good reason zero reason especially when it's like literally you're willing to like fight to the death to not tell this piece of information And then literally, as you're gasping your dying breath, which is like sort of literally what happened, you spit the information out. Are you kidding me? What? Like, why not just like, I know he's not going to be happy about it, but like, it explains your behavior now and you don't have to go to war with him. Like, are you kidding me? Man, there's so many times where I wish I could go back in my own past life
0: and be like, just talk about it. Yeah, that'll solve the problem. And I feel like that piece of advice (laughs) extends really well to a lot of books, shows and movies I've seen. Just
1: Talk it out, guys. Yep. So, so many things could be handled so quickly if you would just say what you think and say how you feel and risk the uncomfortable conversation you're going to have for one hour. And then it will be resolved. Yeah. Instead of basically dying. Except yeah, he didn't. Putting actually it die. off, goodness. But eventually he
0: does tell his his grandpa that by the way, you've got another grandkid. Yeah. Which is
1: cool. And it pissed <laughs> pissed him off. He got so mad because it means his daughter basically was the lover of this vampire lord that he really, really dislikes and who actually ended up killing his daughter. So
0: yeah. oh, didn't she die in childbirth?
1: Yeah, I think I think they said that the story he got told was that it was death in childbirth, Mm -hmm, but really that wasn't what actually happened. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Sorry, we
0: just we both spent the last like what two months? Yeah. (laughs) Entirely rereading this
1: whole series, so forgive me if some things are maybe a little bit blurry. Seventeen books now, is that right? Sixteen? Yeah. Yep, that's right. Seventeen ridiculous amount of books now that we have we just powered through, and they do kind of blur together after a while. Yeah. Anyway, shall we go over the, like, okay, let's talk about what happened in Peace Talks. Sure. So his brother says that his girlfriend, who is a vanilla mortal human, is pregnant. And that shouldn't be the case. And his brother is moderately obsessed with this girl. He is actually a succubus-style vampire. And so it's unusual for him to have, like, actual love for someone. Mm -hmm. He's used to, like, just feeding on them. And he's almost killed her more than once So I feel like he's really stressed out about the fact that she might die (laughs) and because the the baby vampire is like essentially vamping on her while he's in utero or she's in utero. Yeah, more than your usual sort of
0: um, belly – parasite uh he's extra <laughs> extra extra drawing on the life preserves of the the human host.
1: Yeah. So there's apparently going to be peace talks between let's just call them the good and bad guys of the normal realm and the oh my god bad guys of the crazy realm. That's just like the easiest <laughs> way to Now we've made all the bad guys in the normal realm actually just into good guys. Like so everybody who was a bad guy before is now a good guy because we're all on the same team and we're fighting one common enemy. And there's going to be some peace talks to see if that's going to go down. And minutes after the peace talks went into effect, like it was the day of, Thomas was caught trying to assassinate the head of state for one of the, what are those called? Like, talk? The Svartov? Yeah, but the peoples, like a a group of people that are in this constituents uh nations yeah yeah so like the head of state for one one nation of of supernatural folks was an attempted assassination and he did actually kill some high high high-ranking officials in order to to do this he failed and they caught him and they beat him almost to death but (laughs) in accordance with the accords they didn't kill him so Harry Dresden goes in, sees that his brother is captured, can't do anything about it because the peace accords are in effect. He is currently a member of the White Council and he is also the Winter Knight. So he's representing two nations as high ranking member of those two nations. So he cannot just like get his brother out. So yeah. he's, he's got a problem. So this is the entire, entire setup for Peace Talks.
0: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> so I've I have, I have a question. Rage of dragons.
1: You were so upset <laughs> that there weren't dragons. Are you upset that there aren't peace talks in peace talks? No, because I think there were peace talks. Like they attempted to 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 have a peace talks and the person got there and they were like, Let's have peace talks and the person's like, Nah, I fuck your shit up. And really? like I interpreted
0: him. it as like a multiple multiple rounds of like reception. Do you want
1: to read boring ass peace talk stuff? I like suppose. I don't know. No.
0: Maybe it happened. I don't know. It, it wasn't clear that any actual talks happened before the. No, they didn't.
1: The- they just they <laughs> attempted to have a peace talk. But the thing is, I want to read about dragons. Like I have a hard a hard, mm-hmm. a hard on. Here. Let's just say hard on for dragons, <laughs> and I want I want dragons in my rage of dragons with dragons on the cover of the book. Yeah, I want that. But I don't actually, I don't actually believe that any title of of Jim Butcher books is gonna like actually come to fruition. I was surprised that it was Battlegrounds that was actually actually he called it Battlegrounds with two. There's only one Battleground. Mm, yeah, Chicago. Yeah. The yeah. entirety of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> also misnamed.
0: I was <laughs> just curious. We we had that talk the other day, uh, and you mentioned the Rage of Dragons, and I went yeah yeah that's fair what do you think of peace talks but that's fair what there's something about dragons they're magical they're cool they're fun you want to see them like making stuff happen in a story yeah. whereas i guess peace talks in a fan fantasy urban fantasy story
1: meh <laughs> also skip those. also don't put like dragons on the cover of your book and you're not gonna have dragons all over the place that was that was lame not into it <laughs> <laughs>
0: So after Thomas tries to assassinate the the high official of the Svartalv group... What?
1: Let's see. I'm trying to remember what happened next there. We have sex with Karen Murphy, which hasn't <laughs> happened yet, so that was interesting. <laughs> Wait, did it actually happen or did they just... They just were starting to, but then the the other cop showed up. Is that what happened? No, no, no. I think it did hundred percent
0: complete because the whole thing with Lara Wraith later on in Peace Talks, where she can't like touch him safely yeah. because mm-hmm. he's recently had a engagement with someone that he truly loves. <laughs> yep. Is is Karen
1: in the very first book, or did she not come until book two? No, she's in the very first book. Yeah. She's in the very first book. Yeah, she han- she handcuffs him in it, I think. Mm. Yeah. I don't know.
0: It's it's fun to see characters that have been in all seventeen books so far.
1: Isn't it though?
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's sweet. They've been kind of doing this little dance
1: of like, mm, I'm frustrated, but kinda like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they have come close and then she's had good reason not to several is like a honestly, it's a TV show. <laughs> but yeah yeah
0: this would make such a good tv show like just becoming slightly more epic as time goes on i've been smashing through supernatural Uh and so part of me as i'm listening to this book over the past two months series of books excuse me the same sort of scaling happens yeah like hunt a monster of the week sort of thing Mm -hmm. until we reach like
1: apocalypse level Mm -hmm. craziness have you watched the tv show because there was one
0: I think so because I have like this mental picture of the the main actor who did it Paul Blackthorne but it was it wasn't more than a few episodes was it it was an entire season yeah hmm.
1: um I would say you should we should rewatch it because you'll get a kick out of it um they turn bob into a real person like he lives in the skull but he pops out into a real person and well, that's, that's weird yeah the character is actually kind of awesome and Karen doesn't look anything like Karen should. And every time that I see her in something else, I'm like, you, uh, but that is that man who plays Harry is who Harry is in my head now. So like forever and ever the whole series though, is one season, I think. And then it is one of the book. It's the equivalent of one book, but I don't think the plot line follows the book at all, but mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a little bit. So it'd be cool if like the whole thing though. Yeah, was an Yeah.
0: Entire- yeah. Yeah. some of the first few books i feel like could translate into one or two episodes like the first few books are not super complicated right they're really introducing the world to us yeah but as you get into later books kind of like peace talks and uh (laughs) battlegrounds that is the kind of thing that gets split up into a whole season of the craziness of all this stuff happening like yeah
1: it would make such a good show. It would. It really would. Um, I think I think they said that it might be getting optioned again, actually. So maybe they will. I mean, that's completely possible. I did really like this book, Peace Talks in particular, for like the, the level of setup that they did for Battlegrounds in Peace Talks was pretty epic. Like the whole thing with Butters um, being a knight of the cross now and talking about his sword so he has the sword of faith. Is that right? Um, I think so. Yeah. And it uh, burst its mortal coil in the book before, um, but he still has it. And it now just won't harm anybody who's good. So you can swing it around all you want. And (laughs) that's pretty awesome. Because it sets him up for being a badass hero in the second book. Pretty hardcore. But also just has like fun moments like they're testing it. So he has to chop off Sonya's hand, who's another Knight of the Cross. And of course, it doesn't happen. But Sonya like psychs him out and is like, well, I guess I didn't need that hand anymore. And is like freaking out. And he's just messing with him. Nothing happened to him. So <laughs> I when I read that, I was like, <gasps> and then I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I really appreciate Sonny as a character. Yeah, yeah. He just I don't know, he makes me happy. So, this is the my I think 10th time through this series. <laughs> and even still, there was stuff that I didn't catch before that I caught now that I'm like mm-hmm oh, that's why that happened. And like, I hadn't ever really realized it because, you know, when you're re-listening to a book series, especially me, I'm like sewing, I'm doing other stuff while that's happening. So like, uh, you kind of zone out sometimes and you skip stuff and I might be skipping stuff, the same stuff every time or something. But like, yeah, I, I man, I got a lot out of this reread actually because I was trying to focus a little bit more um, to make sure that, you know, we're coming we're coming up to the end, right? I feel like, the, there are so many things involved in these books that come back around later that you sort of dismiss because they seem like they're wrapped up, but they don't. Like he is a spider weaving a lot of threads. So I do I do really appreciate about that about him. I do have a thing. All of them are the things that I don't like about these books though are, are super technical things. But the one thing that I hate about Jim Butcher's writing is that he uses the same phrases over and over and over and over and over again. And if you are listening to all 17 books all at once, you real start to notice that. Because like, can any smile not be wolfish? Or how often does a dog really need to do a doggy grin? Yes. And can unseen force do anything but lash? It can't. Lash (laughs) out? Like Clearly it can't. There are things in these books that I'm just like, dude, just find any other word, get a thesaurus. uh, Oh, freaking. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking came out a lot. Yeah. In this one. Yeah. Except, except <laughs> peace talks where he was fucking every time. And you were just like, Jim Butcher, what are you doing with your language? <laughs> There's usually like one or two swear drops in each book, but like peace talks was rabid with swearing. I was like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> How do you
0: feel about the, the thing that he does in pretty much every single book where he talks about, he reintroduces comments concepts to us, which I guess isn't unique to him. Like I feel like a lot of yeah. book series yep. <laughs> will do this where every time he does a uh, soul gaze, yeah. He kind of retells you what that means and how significant and unforgettable
1: it is. Dude, we're on and book 17. Book? Yeah. Seventeen. We don't need like if you were if you just showed up, figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I guess
0: to some extent, I tune it out at this point, yeah, like it doesn't bother me in a way because I'm used to it, yeah, and it just whatever it kind of blurs. It's kind of like those um when you're watching a TV series and they do the on previously on, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they do a little preview of it. like I just watched the whole series. I don't need to give me a preview. But
1: yeah. <laughs> so I used to I used to watch. This is such a diatribe. I used to watch this show called Dark Shadows. Right, and it's a television show that was put out onto the air live. It's a soap opera involving vampires. And I think uh, Tim Burton made a film of version of mm. Dark Shadows. It doesn't do the show justice, but the show is super cheesy. Like occasionally you see a boom mic drop in. People forget their lines. Like it's because it's a live soap opera that was put on in I think the sixties man, and it was like four years every single day they played this. But the funny thing about it is at so they would have the end of the episode. And then at the beginning of the next day, they would react out the f- five minutes or so of the end of the last episode in case you like missed it. And the thing about that is like, a, it would not be the same every time like sometimes they would change the lines and you're just like I guess they had Whoops. a rewrite <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that so anyway this is this is very similar to me it kind of makes me giggle but yeah oh my god can you
0: imagine live acting a show
1: yeah every day for oh, four years with is a vampire like <laughs> 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 you're just like what <laughs> oh, what Wow! I mean good job that sounds hard yeah, yeah. Some things I did really, really like about Peace Talks. Oh, my God, we know more about Mac. So mm. for people who don't know who Mac is, Mac runs a pub. And all you ever know about Mac is that he runs this pub, he makes great beer, he makes a great steak sandwich, and he doesn't talk at all. And that's it. That's all you know for for 16 books. <laughs> and yep. then, And then you get to Peace Talks, And they tell you, and the whole time he's, he's done one thing. I think he gave Harry a tip like three or four books before that about something like about the bad guys. He knew who they were. And Harry was like, how does Mac know who they are? And then sort of dropped that. And then came back to it later and Mac was like, I'm out. And then they just dropped it. He didn't say anything, but you know, something's up with Mac. And so in Peace Talks you find out what Mac is. And I was like, what? I need more. I need to know more. I need to know everything. I need to know how this mechanic works. I need to know what. Because like what he is is very significant. I don't know. I feel like they
0: didn't say super strongly more than... I don't know. I feel like it still hints. I feel like they're still saying, like, clearly he's not human. No, I mean, we just get that right out of the Harry. Thing.
1: Blatantly says the what? Only, the only thing he could possibly be is a, an angel, an ex-angel. What? Clearly, I need to re-listen. You like, need to I re-listen. Don't re-
0: I don't remember him saying was angel. I remember him like uh Harry wanted to look at him with his true sight, mm-hmm. and Max said like, "No, no, no, like, hurt I you. don't want to
1: hurt you." Yeah, I. But he's seen like Uriel. Yeah, but he didn't look at Uriel with his sight. Mm, okay. So Max saying no, because it will break your brain. And Harry literally says the words, the only way that this is happening is if he's an ex-angel. It could still be that Harry doesn't know, and that's the only thing he could think. He's an ex-angel. So that's why I'm like... What is that mechanic like? How do you become an ex angel? Like, can you, how do you fall without falling, right? What? Well, what? Clearly, you're
0: just like Castiel and you just want to hang out with the earthlings for a bit because they're cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> but like, at the same time, you're like, but yeah, they go. How do you how he does he but he still retains divine powers? You know that because A, Harry's sight will break if he sees him, and and B, he has the capacity to deal with some of the situations. So, mm-hmm. like he has some of his divine powers left over. He didn't have They do mention the fast healing earlier on. Yeah, and he's like epically he's epically old. People who are super old remember him looking exactly the same in the book. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And Mab is super, like, extra, extra respectful of him. Who's respectful to... Like, who is Mab respectful to ever, right? Like, oh my god. Apparently Harry's dog. Yeah. Well, his dog is also a guardian. And that... (laughs) (laughs) Harry's got a lot of, like, badass friends. Like, a lot of badass friends. So, yeah. Um... I, I'm just like, I'm so into Mac. Like literally he could just be like, here's the story of Mac. The series is over. And I would be like, thank you. That's all I need to know. Like Harry's just going to go mess some stuff up and have to fix it in every book from now on. That's fine. I got it. I get what's going on. I don't really need to read all that, but I do need to read what the deal is with Mac. Like I need to know, and I need to know what his story is and how that happened. And was it for love? Like, what is the situation? (sighs) There's also like more information and, and uh, about Mab in this book, which I, I found very interesting. Like she, she says the words, I was mortal once. And she has said that before to him in another book. I do remember that, but like she said it in a very significant way. And she has like five or six moments in between these two books in which she is very much human at him. Like
0: sh- yeah, understanding and a reasonable, not like weird ice goddess. Yeah, Adam.
1: Yeah, and and that blows me away. Like I'm just like, what? What happened there? I want to know about the story between
0: her and Merlin. Oh Doesn't my god! Does she yes. say something about like that he's like the reason she became
1: Mab or something like that? Something like that. Uh. Well, no. It's the it's the god Ethniu. When she shows up, she says something to Mab, like I or King Corb does, like I remember when Merlin cast you out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy crap! Is Mab Morgan? Oh yeah, maybe like that. Because I mean, that he they talk about the King Arthur story, like the the sword of faith is supposed to be Excalibur. In reality. And so they they talk about Merlin, like the, not the Merlin, but the actual Merlin as being Merlin from the Arthur story. And as if that story is fairly real and Mm -hmm. whatever. So if Merlin cast her out, like, I want to know about that. And like, what does that mean did he cast her out when she was human did he cast her out when she was a witch did she did he catch her cast her out when she was already like the was she ever she had to have been at some point the winter lady right she has not been the winter queen though the whole time right i didn't consider that but yeah it makes sense I guess, like, how do you become the winter mother? Like, does the winter mother have to die and then Mab gets upgraded and then the lady gets upgraded and then you got to go pick a new lady? Like, this is all crazy. See, so they hinted that, right? They do hint that the progression
0: is supposed to be lady to mother to crone, right? right? Yeah. But they also mention, uh, like, some of the conversations that Harry has had with the crones They've talked about how they have alternate names, like, you know, the fates and, like, uh, various other, like, ancient, you know, Crone style goddesses. Yeah. So, I'm like, well, does it make sense that these goddesses were previously
1: maiden and mother? I I don't know. I can see it going either way. Yeah. They do Uh, imply that the Winter Mother is Mab's mother, for reals, like, biologically, and that... Mab and Titania are actual sisters and that Maeve was her actual daughter and that Sarissa is her actual daughter, who is now the summer lady. Mm -hmm. So Titania lost her daughter, then lost Aurora, and then got Mab's daughter as her second. But I don't know that Sarissa gets treated like an a, a, a what is that? A niece, weird stepdaughter, or something? Yeah. Like, how does that? Yeah. Like, I want to know how that works. I want to know how all of them work. And then, and then Molly shows up, and she's not either. But it does seem to imply that you do go up the chain because Mab says, "If I die in battle today, you need to kill Molly because she's not ready." <gasps> oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. And, oh my and goodness. She would become the queen, and knowing what Mab has to do, like Mab's job is not to just be the Winter Queen. Titania's there as the summer queen to check Mab's power against humans, but Mab's power is to hold the gates against the outsiders, like Cthulhu level outsiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so she's she's doing battle constantly. Like this battle that's happening here is kind of like NBD to her, except it's not because she says she could die. I guess she doesn't necessarily isn't the one that actually gets involved each time at the, at the outer gates, and that's just happening constantly. Yeah. So Just the whole thing is crazy. Like, I am so fascinated by how all of this works. And I hope that they explain the entire mechanic of it, but they also might not. And that makes me crazy.
0: I'm sure it'll get discussed at least a little bit more. If for some reason, if for some crazy shenanigan reason, the series ends without it being discussed more fully, I feel like Jim Butcher will be pretty happy in interviews at that point to be like hey, here's what's up.
1: Yeah, although you know. he, he's a bitch of an interviewee. Have you watched his <laughs> interviews? No, I've not. He's resistant to being interviewed. Like the stuff he says isn't, he's pretty snarky and he doesn't drop a lot. And when he does, it's not in the format that you would like. I do think that there's absolutely no way he's gonna stop after that. Like he's gonna write additional books or do a spin spinoff with like somebody else or whatever yeah so
0: well, I mean, I guess even if your main character dies there's there's a whole rich you know world of side characters like Mac, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you know interesting subsequent books could totally be made off of, so yeah th- I mean that's
1: kind of the nice thing if you create an interesting enough world, you can just keep going, yeah, you can write side stories, you can write short story omnibuses, all that kind of stuff. Should we talk about battleground, sure, so I mean. Battleground begins where
0: peace talks left off, which is, with, oh go ahead. <laughs> with our our big uh, Titan friend F- coming you. into the peace talks and just fucking shit up, yep. <laughs> before deciding like, hey, war on all y'all, war on your cow, war on your mother, war on everything to do with you.
1: She's so angry. Yeah, they they attempt to have the peace talks, and uh, a, a goddess rolls in. And basically, just says "f this party," and then sets off like, uh, which is like essentially a neutron bomb in, (laughs) like, because it, Mm -hmm. yeah, like in Chicago, it just like it messes up. No, it's not a neutron bomb. It's like a EMP bomb. It like knocks out all the power. All the power goes out. Yeah. So everything, everything is dead. Uh, not Mm -hmm. not humans or people. It's just all the power is out. Like that, you have no communication. You have no nothing. And then says for some reason. I don't know what time it is, but she's like, "I'm gonna come back at the witching hour," and you're like, "But well, why? why? Just do it now." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she gives them time to regroup. So, so thank you, plot plot device. Yeah, they do mention that later on. They're like, "You didn't have to." Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, he calls it out.
0: <laughs> you could have just freaking started.
1: Yeah, you could have. What, what are you doing? You're bad at this, man. <laughs> so um yeah in the first like two or three chapters there's a freaking kraken fight i was just like what in uh, lake michigan right is there really a kraken fight there's a kraken fight krakens live in lake michigan it's canon (laughs) fact now yeah so Harry's for some reason on a boat. Oh, he had to go back to his island. He had to drop off Thomas. So, they, so, so him and Lara, in fact, did rescue Thomas in the book before spoilers. Um, got, they had to <laughs> drop him off. You don't get to talk about battleground without that. So they drop him off on the island. He gets put in prison. That's the only way to keep him alive. Um, so he's on the he's on the water coming back from that to try to save the entire city because you know he's got fifty things to do like he always does. Um, and uh, a kraken attacks him. And I just sat there going like, wow, chapter two, and we're in a kraken fight. Like, yeah. not messing around here. Getting stuff done. <laughs> Getting it done.
0: <laughs> oh, oh d- d- he soul gazes the kraken. Oh, yeah. That That's was crazy. like Let me tell you about a soul gaze.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: conversation we have in that book
1: (laughs) you're just like what and they they also keep talking in this book and the one before it about him being starborn and it says like once every 666 years like can we really really anyway a person is born on this one day or any kid born on that one day is called yeah i think it's not just one person i think it's anybody that born on that date yeah and you find out other people that you know in this book are starborn. So, like, listens to wind is a starborn. Yeah. Mm. um, The Merlin was maybe a starborn, I think. I feel I like two it. people. I can't remember who the other one is. Yeah, someone else was starborn. And you're just like, wait, what? What does this even mean? And they talk about it all the time. And in fact, at some point, Harry's, like, ready to just be like, I'm not saving this damn city unless somebody tells me what starborn <laughs> means. And they're like, nah, no. we're not going to tell you. We'll tell you later. If Get through this tonight and we'll tell you later. And then the end of the book comes... And they do not tell you. And you're like, literally, you said if I got through this night, you would tell me. <laughs> well, I mean, but the uh, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, it's not fine. They had three <laughs> hours of content, three hours of content after the fight was over. So this book is like 16 hours long, Battleground is. I got to hour 13, Battleground, the, the battle is over. Everybody's fine, blah, blah. Not everybody's fine. Like Lots of people didn't die, but... They had three hours in which they could have discussed starborn. They did not discuss i'm mad i'm 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 drawing a line in the sand and I'm saying I'm mad. I suppose that's fair.
0: <laughs> I guess i I found all the repeated you know little hints very similar to what we've seen in past books. The whole concept of like starborn has been slightly introduced over the the past few books as well as the um what is it the stars and stones um, empty night like all of these like little curses that
1: uh Ebenezer uses and Ebenezer's we- like don't say that because you don't know what that means
0: yeah which is funny like don't tell a kid not to say fuck yeah yeah if you
1: <laughs> <laughs> I told you that my second word was uck. right very nice I did not know that it was Ugh. but I like it
0: yeah because my great. dad
1: swore all the time and also my first word was coca because he would put Coca <laughs> cola in my bottle cute <laughs> all right <laughs> so hope i'm sure that'll
0: come up in the next couple books i'm not that stressed about it yes it would have been very nice to know now what the heck was going on but i recognize that like it's a draw in to keep us interested yeah for the the next yeah. book
1: it, it'll be fine it'll be talked about yeah i can be patient i guess maybe yeah um the the heavy hitter in this book is that a major character dies, like a major character dies. And I mean, this is not a spoiler free podcast. You can just say who? Well, maybe they don't want to know. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the night before I was writing in a book because I'm trying to practice my penmanship because pandemic and we're all trying to improve our or whatever. something, Every yeah, yeah, everything about our lives, and we're stuck in a house. Okay, so I wrote literally the words I wonder who's gonna die is it gonna be Ebenezer or Karen? And it was Karen, and I was like, Ebenezer's still good in a fight, so they kind of need him, but like, there are people in these books that at this point their story is over. Like, Michael's story is over. Like, he could die. That would suck. Everybody would flip a table. That wouldn't be okay, but he could die. And Karen's story was over. She has been so badly injured in the book previous to Peace Talks, I think, that there was no coming back from that. Like, she was going to be – it was really funny, though, because I listened to those back-to-back also. And they said – at the end of that book, they said, oh, she might get back to about 90% of what she was before. And then they start Peace Talks by saying, nah, she's going to be lucky if it's 50%. (laughs) And I was like – Oh, okay. I guess that's a thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she she gets killed and she gets killed um, in a stupid, stupid way that will just make you crazy. And Harry loses his mind, <laughs> like absolutely loses his mind, which is to be expected. And it sort of uh, gives him fuel for the rest of the battle, I would say. But yeah, it, it was pretty gruesome. Like I was crying. It was not good. I cried four times during this book. It was (laughs) was crazy. So, yeah. That... that So, death is pretty gnarly.
0: Yeah. Like, speaking of the whole, like, characters that are kind of done, like Michael Carpenter, whenever they had that that sort of flashback memory, whatever you want to call it, scene that showed the, uh, like, fighters breaking into the Carpenter's household and just killing everyone, Mm -hmm. I completely believed it was a thing yeah I like, I, like I like because and I think that maybe part of that is because I agree with you Michael carpenter feels done
1: yeah
0: and uh like they've they've said his character is retired he's chilling <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but they could have totally assassinated his character out of the story, and it would have been absolutely a, just such a gut punch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially if it's not just him, but his entire family. All of marring Of course, friends. Marley. Yeah, Molly. Sorry, because she's battling, I guess. Um, but, like, and to have Maggie killed off after we got, like, the sweet little pancake scene with her at the very beginning of Peace
1: Talks. I could totally believe it. And I was like, oh no, this is literally the worst. I believed it and I thought it was the best. I was like, yes, because this makes nightmare fuel because it it would warp Harry to no end and it would take Molly with him. Like they would both go absolutely insane and he would have to spend the next three or four books writing them back to something that could be like, it would be crazy. Like that would be absolutely the most epic plot twist and i would have like given jim butcher all the high fives like i am the person who also watched um the avengers movie that wasn't endgame the one before it and i didn't know there was a second Last Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. No, yeah, no, no it was. I, I know what you mean? Yeah. Anyway, so I watched it, and it and half the people died, and then they faded to black, and I was like, "Holy crap! That was awesome!" Because like nobody ever does that. Like it's it's always some like. BS, we're gonna fix everything, don't worry about it, and you don't have any actual consequences. Like that stuff makes me crazy. So I was actually pumped when they killed Michael and the whole family because I was just like, Yes, this is gonna make both of them go absolutely apeshit. Like this is gonna be fantastic, and it didn't happen. Now I didn't uh,
0: love it, but I also still I still instantly felt, oh my god, this this has such ramifications, and it is totally believable. I didn't once
1: during that scene go, what? No. I think I'm going <laughs> to get hate DMs for all the things I just said. People are going to go like, you wanted Spider-Man dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's something to be said for ending
0: a story, and ending it in such a like earth shattering way. Yep. What was that one um, story? I'm so bad at uh, Rogue. Rogue One.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The Star yeah. Wars movie where like yeah. just they just kill off all the characters. Yes, that was amazing. <laughs> of
0: which Star Wars spoilers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing.
1: That was the best part of Rogue One. Yeah, just committed. But there's something really powerful about that. Yeah, yeah. And everybody expected them like, no, they'll come back. They'll come. There'll be another one where they just something. Ha-. No, I'm like, no, kill them. Just kill them all. It's great. <laughs> That said, even though they didn't end up killing the Carpenter family, I appreciate
0: the way that he f- figured out, like, instantly that it was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because the dog's there was there. something yeah. powerful about that. Yeah. Like, like, and they're like, no, 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 no. I see the, the flaw. And he he says that, like, that must have been put there for him to see. Yeah. Which is, Absolutely. I don't know.
1: I appreciate. Yeah. Do like. <laughs> He calls himself on his own stuff sometimes, which I actually really appreciate, you know, like, hey, why didn't you just start? Like, why did you give us to the witching hour? That was dumb. You know, like, why did you give us time to, like, amass the troops? Like, just take over if you want to take over, you know? Yeah. Like, he calls it out. And I, I totally appreciate that about his writing style, which is funny. Yeah, I think the only things I – problems I had really with these books are technical. I, I had, like, really small things – Uh. James Marsters, he reads these books, is like, uh, I love him so much. But man, he changed two characters' voices, at least in this, and it made me crazy. Like, absolutely nuts. He changed Mab from being, like, super sultry and sexy to, like, growly and gross. And I was like, what even is that? She sounds like her mom. And then... he changed river shoulders like halfway through a book like he talked differently and I'm like did you not what like just go listen to your last book why are you giggling at me Morgan (laughs) because I'm going off about stuff (laughs) that's why I appreciate every time you go off about things okay (laughs) um also like the other thing that bothered me a lot and it was mostly in peace talks it happened one time in battleground but not too bad and I it was like it's kind of an editing problem, and I, I actually know that the editor of Peace Talks watches my vlogs, which I think is funny, or possibly listens to this podcast, too. Um, so I don't actually think it was an editing problem. I think it was the guy who recorded the... You know, like, when you you do a voiceover and then you have to go, like, re-record some sections.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: re-record inserts are really chunky. Like, the volume yeah. changes and the, like, weight. And it's James Marsters' fault, too, because he, he changes, like sometimes when you're talking all NPR. And then you go like this when you do your re, re- It's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, it's not it's not an editing problem, really. It's the person who was rereading it. It's a recording problem. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It was real chunky in Peace Talks. And I was like, ugh, every time it happened. And I, I yeah. have, like I said, listened to all of them recently, and I didn't notice that anywhere else. I for sure noticed it in Peace
0: Talks. Like, yeah. I don't know that I heard it or caught it. In, in Battlegrounds, but in peace talks it happened, like, two, three times. Enough for me to go, really? Yeah, <laughs> <Again>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not imagining it. This must be a thing.
1: Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah. I thought they were great. Like, everything about them I thought was pretty good, you know? Like, uh, I can bitch about parts of a story, but I also really feel like it's Jim Butcher's story to write. And he should write the story he wants, not the story that I would have preferred if such and such had happened or whatever just like i am i'm am here for this story so yeah yeah
0: no there's there's something so nice about enjoying enjoying the story as the author has written i am very very rarely someone who reads a story watches a series whatever and goes nope that's not the way that should have been yeah like i can recognize that i may be sad that the main character's didn't get together till the very end and then they die but you know let's uh (laughs) star wars let's just pretend that you know it's not the story that was meant to be told and that's okay yeah uh i i can appreciate that this isn't my story to tell and what it is is somebody else's and that's just what's going to be yeah uh but yeah i i have a strong forgiveness level When it comes to, well, but that's out of character for that character. I'm like, well, clearly it's not out of character Mm -hmm. because the character did it. (laughs) Like,
1: you know, maybe there's just hidden motivations that you don't know yet as a reader and like things like that. Yeah. People got real salty about Game of Thrones at the end. And I was like, shut up. Do better. If you want to story, whatever. You should have made this. Shut up. It is what it is. Or go, go write fan fiction.
0: Yeah. And make yourself feel better. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> the very end of Battlegrounds had so much in the last, like, chapter or two just smushed in, uh, for the story. Oh, my goodness. So, the whole book, nothing but battle. Battle, 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 battle. Karen and then dies. at the very
1: end. <laughs> and then there's more battle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very end is kind of, like, resolution, wrap-up. Like, how do we, how do we figure out this battle? stuff consequences right yeah uh uh there's so many things i appreciate i i love that harry's getting back his old
1: house well sort of he's getting a castle like yeah when he said he wanted his basement back that's that's the exact words he uses i said he said i want my basement back i expected john to move the entire castle like he, kind of, he, he had the yeah. whole castle moved there. So I expected him to move the entire castle somewhere else because it has all that crazy spell work on it, right? Who yeah. wants to give that up? And also, it seems like a pretty fat pad, so I was like, I'd want to keep that. So I would have been like, there's your basement. There's a hole in the ground. Enjoy. Enjoy. But he First. didn't. He gave him the keys to the castle, and you're just like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit surprising, but how badass is
0: that to have your own castle?
1: Yeah, yeah. that's so and i love that he was like there's a giant hole because it got bombed he's like can we do some sort of dr strange situation up there and i was like that's awesome there was another thing that they did in this oh he acknowledged you're a wizard harry which i was just like yes he finally made the joke
0: oh goodness oh 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 uh so once he has the the keys to the castle (laughs) (laughs) and he has what is it it's lara mab and molly molly are there all all
1: together which he should feel real nervous
0: about (laughs) yeah i mean because those those are some ladies that are up to shenanigans at all times the third favor for lara yep oh
1: my goodness that has so much potential (laughs) also because we all know that like the reason karen got knocked off is to pave the way for the winter night and the winter lady to finally have a thing right oh they can't because winter lady cannot have sex no only mab can't mave was having sex with everybody and their mother if you recall
0: Mm, okay i might be misinterpreting maybe it's not sex you cannot
1: love she can't... No, well, I don't know about that, but Molly so you does. read?
0: Did you read the story with uh, Molly and uh, Ramirez?
1: No? What are you talking about?
0: There's a short... Okay, so there's a short story in one of the, like, collection of short stories. Then I probably read it, yeah.
1: Okay. The, where uh,
0: Molly and Ramirez... It's one of Molly's first missions that she's doing as the Winter Lady. Okay. Where she has to go figure out why this group of people in, like, uh, Alaska or some other really cold northern place, why this group of uh, supernatural people are not still paying their, like, yearly tithe.
1: Oh, yeah, I do remember that.
0: Yeah, and so she and Ramirez, like, hit it off, Mm -hmm. roll into each other. Yeah. And, you know, near the end, they attempt to get together together like, the super lustful, because they're both, like, what, they're 20s? Yep. Like, <laughs> young 20s, getting real excited and into it, hot and heavy. And then, like, she, like, goes blank and wakes up realizing that she's, like, broken all of his bones and shit. Oh. Uh, and Mab explains that, like, you are the winter lady. Mm-hmm. You need to stay the maiden of the maiden
1: mother crone huh dynamic so but that which, doesn't make any sense because mave was like literally humping anything that moved but did she have sex with them after she humped them i don't know like maybe, I, she, maybe she was breaking bones maybe she was doing that and that was still fine with her like she was kind of evil so maybe they i mean so they mab made it sound like the act was not
0: consummated Because that would break the mantle of the winter lady. Oh. Like, that was not allowed. I I could be... Misremembering as we've already established,
1: I do kind of blank out a little bit as I'm reading. Is that the one that you like? Okay, so Morgan had this thing where she went on to the next book, but it wasn't the next book, it was a short story omnibus. And I was like, <sighs> dude, that's not the next book, what are you doing? And she was like, oh man, so is that it? Was that in that one? Yeah, it was okay. in that one. Okay, I'll go read that one again because I didn't, I only read straight down the thing. Have you read the so, big, bigfoot tales or whatever? The one with all I did not know, you should get that one, it's really good. It's <laughs> all of the stories about Harry working with Bigfoot, which I've been wondering. I was like, it feels like they just s-
0: suddenly he knows this Bigfoot character. He does. Really <laughs> And well. they like to d- d- cover it.
1: Well, that's, apparently it was in a short story, so I w- I will have to go back. It's actually like four or five short stories. Uh, it's this it's same same concept where it's like I think the book is called Working for Bigfoot or something like that, and it's got a bunch of short stories, and they're all about him doing jobs for Bigfoot. Cute. Yeah. Well. I will I will go back and re listen to those at
0: some point. But that's that's why I don't be- I never had an assumption that he and Molly would actually get together, despite like a little bit of kind of flirtation
1: in that direction. Well, I mean, she said she offered sex to him at the beginning of the book before, and she was still the Winter Lady at that point. And she said to him, like, well, because he said if it if it ever happens, it won't be like that. And she goes, well, what if it's offered?
0: Yeah, so- but I don't know that this. This mission that she went on wasn't necessarily
1: her literal first, but it was early on. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying this happened just right after, right before this book. When <laughs> when he sh- when she shows him her apartment, this Faltar of salt. I can't use the word. <laughs> 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 when he shows her, when she shows him her apartment, they're leaving in the monster mobile, and she tries to get him to have sex with her, like or at least like. You know, start up a relationship, or but it was really an offer of sex, um, because she could feel the mantle in him wanting sex, and she goes, he goes, it won't be like that, and she goes, well, what if it's offered? So that makes me think that he, she can have sex with the knight, maybe, and maybe that's the distinction. I'm not yeah. sure
0: because there was that whole subplot of the the knight like sexually assaulting. Yep. the previous summer lady which yep. made me wonder like wait a second yeah so maybe i need to spend some time <laughs> looking this over to figure out what exactly the rules are here because
1: that short story made it seem like molly could not do the thing and every time that they and also so when when this happens uh, the thing that we're actually ever going to talk about um happens mo- <laughs> molly's pissed she's mad she she's She's jealous and she wants it. And two, everything that they had said in the several books working up to it was basically the knight and the lady are meant to be together. So that's that's why I think like the whole Murphy getting killed off thing is designed, to, is set up to allow them a clear path. And then this thing is throwing a wrench in that clear path because Mab tells Harry he has to marry Lara Wraith. I mean, if you got to be married to someone, but she can't have sex with him either because he had sex with with Murphy. Yeah, but uh, they
0: that whole like love protection thing only lasts so long. So if he does start to genuinely fall in love with Lara. Which is exactly I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm just saying I'm giving Morgan the look of No. No, <laughs> no. Like that's the whole idea behind this whole like one more year before they actually have to get married thing. So he to didn't have is...
1: sex with with anybody for like four years after the mom of uh, Sarah. No, no. Gosh, who am I thinking of? That lady he killed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel bad <laughs> for some reason. I thought her name was Sarah.
1: Um. Well, no, it's fine. Doesn't matter. With when when he had sex with Maggie's mom. That love lasted protection on him for more than four years that that is fair. That does sound right. So I don't know like is it in he'd have he'd have to fall in love with someone in order for it to go away? and that might not happen also, I mean, it is good in in some ways because she's at least gorgeous and she's smart and she's powerful and all those things. But I don't think he he doesn't trust her at all, and I that seems also weird because his brother is also her brother, and <laughs> yeah, but he has no relation to her. He doesn't. But man, it'd be better if it was Molly. I'm, I'm, I ship Molly. That is fair. <laughs> it is fair to have favorite ship fun. Also, he just doesn't trust her. He he doesn't trust her at all, and I don't think he's ever gonna love her. So it would be a weird marriage. And if I were him, I would make sure that I never fell in love with anyone ever again so that i could make sure she couldn't fucking touch me (laughs) because she's dangerous af and she's proven that time and time again and she doesn't like she takes care of family so that's kind of cool but i feel like she doesn't consider harry family but she kind of considers him she she considers him step family to some extent i
0: feel like harry's strong strong uh, association and desire for family and what that means to a person and what it means to him I I feel like he appreciates that so much that he recognizes it in Laura and how yeah. much she treats her family as best as she can barring her father which is a whole different situation which you know is from yeah. another book yeah uh, <laughs> but I could I mean, the same way that he kind of was really starting to appreciate Lachiel, yeah. um, especially after having been with her for a while and recognizing slow changes within her. Yeah. I bet you if Lara started demonstrating changes based on their interactions with each other
1: over the course of a year, totally wouldn't surprise me if they fell Yeah. yeah. But-, but that's for the next book. So... Eh. But- Speaking of changes, holy crap, Molly. Like <laughs> like she was off building an army. Everyone says she's good at her job. Like but remember she was also pretty close to off the deep end for a very long time. Like very at the very beginning of her arc, like when he finds her, she's almost off the deep end. Mm-hmm. When he dies, she's off the deep end. Like there's a lot of Molly being off the deep end that happens in these books. And then Mab says, if I die, you have to kill her. Like, holy crap, Molly. Like, so that leads us to, like, the possibility that at some point she could take Mab's job. Like, she won't be the winter lady forever, even though to us it seems like forever, because it seems like Mab's been the queen for thousands of years. But that also makes me wonder, like, when the winter mother was the winter queen queen yeah um mother when i guess when the winter mother was the winter or when the yeah when the winter mother was the winter queen because it's lady queen mother well but they're all queens and no but they're called lady queen mother sure like mab is the queen of air and darkness and whatever so Mm -hmm. so when the winter mother was in mab's position who was she queening over? Like, were human beings like Neanderthals at the time? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like all, well, I guess maybe not. Maybe, what is the Arthur story? Is that?
0: Because, f- yeah, Arthur story is like after the whole like Greek Roman Empire situation.
1: For- 1400s? Is that what people think Arthur was when it was? 1400s? Does that sound right? Don't ask me. I'm okay. going to get this right. wrong. People have like specific numbers for the Arthur but story. medieval. Yeah. Well, let's go yeah. with that. Arthur
0: is medieval, yeah, whereas right. and if that is where Mab started, which we kind of maybe have a subtle hint that that's the case, then she's actually only been queen for like a thousand years,
1: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But also, it doesn't say that Merlin cast her out and she wasn't queen already. it's true. we don't so. we don't know that, But she does say I was human once, which me which implies that human beings existed, so so there's at least that. So, like, how long is your tenure? How old is the winter? I'm I'm back on the Queens and I want to know more about them. I clearly think that's what's (laughs) happening here. But yeah, like, man, she Molly has changed a lot. Yeah. And so at the end of this, this book actually okay. I don't actually know if this happens in the book format though, because in the audio book at least, we know that you read this entire book and then there's still like an hour left and you're like, wait, what? And it turns out that they added on an additional story. And it's a Christmas story.
0: Which is so cute. Which is <laughs> so I, cute. I appreciate that they started Peace Talks with a super kind of cute, heartwarming, well, the second chapter, but whatever. Yeah. They started off with a cute, sweet, like, family-oriented little thing. And then they ended it with yeah. a cute, sweet little family thing. Which which is nice. Especially yeah. after, like, it, like, so much battle. So much, like character death and being sad and like the end of the battle they have this whole memorial like burying all the f- pictures of people who died in the battle yeah Harry's grave which is uh yeah I, I legit cried I uh I was very sad so I I can really appreciate ending the audiobook with a cute little Christmas story to kind of yeah.
1: bring your spirits back up yeah yeah, that was it was a great, great little add on. Um, I I liked that he meet his kid gets to meet Chris Kringle because you see him so much in these stories. Also, like, what is up with that? Okay, so we have Odin, the all father, one eye, who's also Vatarung, mm-hmm. who's also Chris Kringle. And I and yep. th- think they said he was one other person in this book also but I don't remember who it was. It wasn't as impressive as like Santa Claus, but they did say he had one other name and that's who he was in that, that period. That was amazing. Oh, if we want to talk about changes. John Marcone, who did oh. not see that coming. <laughs> so, uh, so true. this whole battle. Okay. So Karen dies, right? You're like, Oh God, Karen dies. Ah, uh, And then, and then there's like six hours, literally six hours of just, fucking fighting just just fighting 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 for like ever and it's just and descriptive battle sequences where you get to know where everybody is and what's happening and every big name that you've ever heard of is down on the ground almost dead weirdly no one actually dies <laughs> except John Marcon oh Hendrix dies oh yeah, yeah. that actually made me sad because like Harry's had like a a, a a funny yeah funny little thing with him for the whole time, and I was like, oh man, that sucks. Like it wasn't it wasn't Murphy level sucks, but it was kind of bad. And and also Guard like really was into him. Um, but so John Marcone dies, and then he doesn't. Oh my god! Oh my god! He took a coin of the fallen. I mean, I totally saw that coming. Although at some point. He, Harry, in the previous book, Harry and Nicodemus had had a discussion and he said, like, Nicodemus was like, I'm surprised you didn't take the coin. And Harry was like, I'm not surprised. John Marcone doesn't work for anybody. Blah, blah, blah. And in this case, he has Thorne and Namshill and he doesn't work for him. Like, I mean, in the
0: same way that Nicodemus is. Yeah. He is still the person, Nicodemus, yeah. not the the angel that is stuck in the coin yeah like because they talk about how like sometimes the angel just immediately overpowers the person
1: yeah i also thought it was very interesting john didn't take the coin inside of him everybody else has the coin inside of them like it's in their palm it's in the center of their forehead it somehow pops out of them when they decide to release the coin Mm -hmm. john does not have that happening john has it on a necklace around his neck which means, A, it's grabbable. And two, he didn't actually take it inside of him. And no. I am fascinated by this and how this mechanic works. And like, how do you, how does, how does that work? How, if you're not taking it inside of you, how do you have the eyeballs inside of you? Like, what is the situation with that? Thorn and Namshiel until now seemed like a, just a giant thug who didn't really think and who was just like fighting McFight pants, But like, he seems real smart. I mean, he was a sorcerer, but he also seems super thuggy. But he seems really like genteel and he has a British accent and stuff. And I'm like, how does an, a fallen angel get a British accent? Like, Britain didn't exist when they, Okay, never mind. Yeah, don't, don't, don't think <laughs> about it any Yeah. So, so anyway, I have s- this, this book these two books, whatever. So many questions. Like I, that's actually great. Like I, I feel like that's great, but there's just like, I have so much stuff I need to know now. And I am upset that there are three or four regular books left. And then one, cause they're going to be case files, right? So like some monster of the week crap's going to happen. Um, and then a, a triple down, but like, man, how are you going to tell me all the stuff I need to know? Like I need to, I need to know that. Like I want to write. They're gonna
0: keep doing the thing where they reveal like one little tidbit about each of the various characters throughout each book.
1: I know. (laughs) Do not want. Uh, I I enjoy the journey. I want standalone novels on each one, and I want their history. (laughs) Give me all the information in Wikipedia right now i just had this diatribe about how i said it's that man's books to write and it's not my business to be telling him how to do it and i'm like bitch give me the info
0: yeah <laughs> you could still want what you want but also recognize that it's yeah. not someone
1: else's job to give it to you he's not your bitch <laughs> as they <laughs> said about george rr R. martin have you seen that i have not but that that i don't feel like i need
0: to see it this sounds like a thing that I feel in my heart.
1: Yeah, so I was at I was at this thing called Wootstock, which is like a bunch of it's a, a nerd showcase that happens at Comic Con and a few other places. Anyway, at one point, um, George R. R. Martin is there, and these guys, Paul and Storm, write this song that's called George R. R. Martin, please write like the wind, because everybody wants him to write faster or whatever. And then Neil Gaiman walks out, and he just looks at a piece of paper and then looks at the audience and just says, George R. R. Martin is not your bitch. And then leaves like <laughs> it was amazing. So and George R. R. Martin's like there. So it's, it was all very funny, very fun. Yeah,
0: I that sounds like it's worth seeing. I'm yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'll find it for sure. That'll be good. So, okay, the whole story of the entire peace talks battlegrounds, the you know these two books started out with Justine is pregnant. Yep, and it's not until the very 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 end yep. <laughs> of, plot twist. of battlegrounds that they're like surprise it was justine
1: the whole time so at the beginning he goes to see thomas and thomas says it's justine or he can't even talk he just says it yeah he kind of mumbles justine yeah and so uh, harry jesden has this bad habit of realizing things when he's passed out like whenever he gets knocked out and it, in the past, it has been he's had a discussion with his own alter ego, and this time it didn't happen. He just somehow, while he was passed out on a boat sleeping, figured out that when Thomas said it's Justine, he didn't mean, like, I need you to go protect Justine. He meant the bad guy that is driving all of this is Justine, who is Thomas's girlfriend who was pregnant. So that was the thing also that where he was saying, like, why didn't this God just attack us. He gave us time to do this and whatever. He goes, that's really weird. There must be a puppeteer to this. Like, why would this God just like roll in out of nowhere? She has like a, a, a throne under the sea or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. why would she roll up here and decide like, now's the time? Like that seems dumb. Right. And then there was also an attack on the outer gates. And, and like the, while that made sense, generally it didn't because like the only th- person it sidelined at all was the Lenanchi. And I guess, uh, Rashid couldn't come to this battle because of it but that was it right he doesn't show up for anything anyway so um it didn't really sideline any characters so while they used it as a distraction or they called it a a distraction it didn't really actually distract anyone um because you don't need the Lenanchi if you have map like frankly (laughs) right so he realizes oh there's a this is just This is a preamble, right? And in some ways it is. It's a preamble to his trilogy later. Um, So, And they've been alluding to this thing called um, Nemesis for a while. And so, uh, yeah, he's on this boat with Justine and he realizes because he's sleeping while on a boat, which is on water, which grounds his magic, that the, the actual enemy is on this boat with him. Dun dun dun, dun dun dun. <laughs> and she's been taken over, and she's the one that forced Thomas to go try to kill the bad guy, uh, or she's the one that forced Thomas to go try and assassinate that, um, you know, head of nation, and which got him put in jail. Which I don't understand. Like, what was the point of that? Like, why would you care if this altard? I can't even say their names. How do you say it? Um, let me go. So- off. No. I have it written down so that I can make sure that I
0: say it correctly. One second, one second.
1: It's in here somewhere. It is Svartalf. Oh, yeah. Here's here's (laughs) (laughs) Fuff. So why would he even, like, five minutes after the Accords kick in for these peace talks, why would he try to go assassinate some some head of state who he's actually friends with and he's been humping some of the like heads of state's family members this whole time like the attack on that head of state seemed really weird the entire time nobody understood and it turned out that justine but being controlled by this entity uh sent thomas to do this and that got him sidelined And I think it was supposed to sideline Harry through the entire like it was it was it was designed to take him out of the battle. So he would spend his time dealing with Thomas, but that's not what ended up happening.
0: I did find it really weird that we didn't get as much of Harry's kind of usual. I don't know. I'm a private eye detective investigating action regarding Thomas throughout literally two books. Yeah, it it was like, okay. here's the problem. Presented in, like, chapter three or four or whatever yeah. of the first book. And then the very, very end, he's like, oh, figured it out. Yeah. Like, well knocked out. It's a little weird. Yeah. But then again, I would say it's not necessarily out of character for uh Jim Butcher's writing style. I feel like sometimes Harry does just kind of realize the solution to a problem.
1: I mean, I do that.
0: Yeah, it's fair. I don't know. I... I'm surprised that he didn't spend more time in the middle of the the two books being like, Why the heck did Thomas do the thing?
1: Yep. I mean you I know? think I think it would seem like maybe kind of too obvious because like why would Thomas do that? Like he says it once or twice. He goes, Why would he do that? Like that seems dumb. Like he was humping this guy's sister, literally, like days beforehand. Like there's no there's no reason for Thomas not to be a friendly of this guy. And Thomas was well regarded by them. And this seems completely out of character. Like he says all those things. And then I think what happened was because this takes over place over one day, he has to go fight a war essentially. And that's that he, he put Thomas in the hole and left him there. And that's the end of that for right now. Yeah. Which I guess is the same reason why he doesn't talk about Bonnie.
0: Yeah. After we, after he introduces her. Yeah. Like, Like he's just real busy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He is real busy. I'll give him that. Like, I am freaking exhausted. Like, I'm, I am re- I finished reading this, like, what, two days ago, three days ago? I'm still tired. Like, <laughs> like, wow, I didn't even do any of this stuff and I'm exhausted.
0: <laughs> oh, it was a lot.
1: Oh, goodness. Let's go back to the Christmas story. Okay. That was, that was
0: cute. It made me happy. I appreciate the, it was super cheesy in almost like a fan fiction kind of way. Yeah. But I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm down. Mab's gift made me so happy <laughs> and made me laugh so much. Yeah. They've established before that she tries to kind of like be up to date at least a little bit on kind of. what mortals are into uh, and she does that via, well previously she did that via the person who's now the summer lady.
1: No, this happened that way too because Harry asked Molly like, was that you? And she goes, no, that was Sarissa. Um, so, I mean, but then again, like this this whole timeline. Wait, when did Frozen come out? Oh, Frozen came out a long, long time ago. Feels like, like two years ago. I'm, no, sure, no, it I'm sure it wasn't. Frozen 2 was two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: What is time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: but it's so cute.
0: It gives her a Frozen gift. Ah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Harry's like, is this going to make her have the ability to like freeze men's hearts to stone and kill them all? And she's like yeah wasn't that in the <laughs> movie i'm pretty sure that's what the character
0: had yeah yeah
1: <laughs> he's yeah. like oh okay yeah <laughs> uh
0: so cute yeah right. i i appreciate the little like i'm gonna put a side story at the end and i almost wish that more books did that i yeah. feel like it's not unusual to run across series that have short stories published within other publications, um, whether that's kind of like Jim Butcher did, where it's a a novel that contains several short stories from several different authors, maybe on a theme, um, like he he has definitely done. Um, and I I feel like I've seen other authors do the same. But I don't know, I kind of wish that more of them would include them as part of the story. Yeah. Whether in at the end, kind of like this, it was so nice to have a really sweet fluffy
1: <laughs> little story at the end. Yeah, I think also these stories were really relevant to the story we just read. Like, the, the ending, the, the story that they tacked on was really relevant to the, the story that we just read because it, like, gave... He he demanded them give receipts and that's what he got from Molly was the receipts for help helping all the people who were uh, involved slash lost people in it. So, um, you know... Speaking of which, is... <laughs>
0: Can you tell the story it was written in uh, America? Yeah, because a huge like plot point—I well, don't know—I'll say plot point, uh, point of contention. Perhaps near the end is Harry advocating for all of these people who were injured and died during the course of this battle. He says, "Hey, supernatural folks, you fucked up. You involved hundreds and thousands and thousands of mortal lives. You need to." pay for their health care. Yep. That was needed from this battle and pay for all of their funeral costs and things like that. Like
1: he got reparations. Oh. And that's I mean that's a that is a thing in the accords like they do they've talked about war guilds before but like yeah. Yeah, they he y- you can tell it was written here and now like yeah. for sure because of that. Which I mean good. Jim Butcher has gone out of his way to put stuff in the books that lets his political views be known. Like he had um, that garden where men would go meet up with other men and Titania asked him how he felt about that. And he goes, as long as they're not hurting me, I don't care. You know, like he slides stuff in that is his political opinion about stuff like that a lot actually. So, you know, it's not completely out of character for him to do it for that, for that also. Yeah. Shall we move on to ratings and stuff? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So if you had to give this a rating, what would you give it? Oh, my
0: goodness. So I'm going to have to preamble that much like this podcast for this this pair of books, I'm not going to rate it as one book. Or not rate it as two books. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Because I feel like it would perform a little bit poorly as two books. I'm going to continue with my my uh stance earlier that it should be one book that was maybe edited down a little bit further to kind of fit what they needed it to. But if this were one giant ass book, gosh, I mean 4.55, like it's real high up there on its uh, you know, stars and stones <laughs> <laughs> category. It's I especially after getting the whole story part one and part two, it's really good. I really enjoyed it, including the Christmas story. If the Christmas story is included in the, uh, like, written, then I feel like that does take away something.
1: Yeah, I kind of wonder about that, too. I guess we should find out if that's in the audio or the regular book or not. So, yeah. What would you rate it? Um, If I had to rate it as single books, I would rate Peace Talks at a four, and Battleground at a 4.8. Okay. So, fair because I think I'm a person who likes slash closure and Peace Talks like ends in a place where you're just like, damn it. Like you could see the to be continued written on the black screen. That yeah. was real annoying. And I it hate was that. Absolutely part one of a part two episode. If I had to rate them together, I would rate them together as probably a 4.9 like I liked this book a lot like I said I'm friggin exhausted from it the like minor editing stuff that happened in peace talks was annoying to me there was some some little things about it that I didn't like which is why it doesn't get a five stars but like I don't rate books this high very often I rate I rate most books pretty well but like it's pretty hard to get that high of a rating but I, I out of the series this is one of my favorite books like for sure
0: it's interesting trying to think about this the way I might if it were a single book, right? Because I can't. I literally can't erase the the past two months of rereading or several years ago, my first time reading through the story. There's no way for me to cleanly give a reader a sense of what it might be to listen to this book or a pair of books on their own. You can. not I, mean, I mean, don't. Don't. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't skip to the end of a series. Don't. And maybe the reason that it's so easy to rate it highly is because I'm familiar with the series. And I, I recognize and I'm sorry if anybody out there is a little bit frustrated with our kind of feelings on various books throughout this whole podcast. It's It's easy to fall in love with characters when you've gotten the chance to read their whole series. Yeah. And yeah. it's harder when you've only read the first book. Yeah. So Dresden Files may have an unfair advantage, but I
1: kind of don't care. Yeah, I I fully agree with that. Like I don't don't try to read these <laughs> without reading the series, and do read this. Like, what would you give the series as a rating? I would say a solid four. Okay.
0: I don't know. Like I feel like this book reveals a lot and it does a lot of really interesting things with the series. But series on a whole, four. Solid. Yeah. That's good.
1: I'm down. Okay. I I give it a way higher score. Like I give it a like it is my second favorite book series ever. So I mean, I'm way up in the like four point seven, four point eight range because I, I like it.
0: Brandon Sanderson has my
1: heart. You <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there are people who um have mentioned things to me about about these books that they really don't like they they think they're really misogynistic and they they don't like the way harry talks and whatever and i'm like okay like i get it i get why you say that and also it doesn't yeah. bother me doesn't bother me at all so that's cool yeah. i can completely understand why
0: someone might not enjoy the series for that reason yeah i, I can completely see it i'm yeah. not blind to it yeah um I think that there there may be a sense – the same way that I get a little bit um, used to the way that Jim Butcher will repeat the same, mm-hmm. let me explain this thing for the 17th time. But not
1: everything else. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get uh, – maybe I just kind of get used to it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to the, this series over again with the, the ear for, is it super misogynistic? And I'm like, oh, no. The women in this book are more powerful than any of the men are at all. And they, they have – they are the dominant species in this book. <laughs> Let me just say that. So Harry is constantly baffled by the women in this book. So no, I don't think it is super misogynistic.
0: I did really appreciate that in neither of these two books, at least that I can recall, did he do that thing – That Jim Butcher slash Harry Dresden does where he says, like, Well, I just can't help it. I'm a little bit of a chauvinist pig. I have to protect the woman. Yep. Like, that is a line, like almost word for fucking word. Yeah, yeah. He says several times throughout the series. And I I can appreciate that
1: he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. That was good. sigh also yeah i think people forget like when these books are written like he started writing this series like 20 years ago so 20 years ago he started writing really strong women characters yeah he opens doors for them let it go give him credit for 20 years ago he was kind of ahead of his curve actually you know like don't judge 20 years ago books by today's standards that's not fair right Have you ever
0: uh, like rewatched an old TV series that you remember watching when you were younger and
1: going, "Oh, this did not age well." Yeah, yeah, or like watching the Cosby Show. (laughs) Uh, All right, is this book worth a reread? I mean, clearly, yes. Given that I have, uh, I've reread it, I guess, twice now. Yeah, and you've reread it what ten? Ten, well, 10 times up two peace talks. No, that's not true. So here's the thing is like, I've reread the whole series, not 10 times. I every time I get the bu- a new book, I read the book, and then I read the whole series again. So it is my 10th time through. But when I started this series, there was already eight books in it. So I read all of those and then I read them all again when the ninth book came out. And then I read them all again when the 10th book came out. So not every book has been read reread 10 times. So I guess that's not really fair to say. I get you. I feel like people 100% did the same thing for the Harry Potter series. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like
0: they would reread everything up to that point. That's
1: only seven books. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's worth a reread and I probably will continue to reread it. Um, although I was thinking about it and like, I probably don't need to read the first like eight books. I could just start somewhere where I know where it is, like where there's a point at which, um, the winter mother takes Harry to the outer gates And shows him what Mab is. Mm -hmm. And that is a pivotal point to me in my head about how when one of the places where the series like just takes a left turn and like the world opens up and all kinds of different things have different meanings. So I think I could start at that point from now on if I wanted to. All right. Would you recommend this book to a friend? (laughs) Well, not this book or this pair of books. I recommend
0: you start from the beginning. Uh, I realize that this is an, again kind of an unusual stance for uh, for our books. Usually, we we talk about the first book in a series. Mm-hmm. I I would still recommend the Dresden series if you're into the concept of urban fantasy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I would obviously re- recommend this book to a friend, um, especially if you're into urban fantasy. But I would recommend it to basically anybody. Um, I, you know, there's stuff in it that I think is stressful. So, maybe not someone who is super delicate, but other than that, yeah, for sure. All right, are you ready for speed round? Go for it. All right, if this book had a theme song, what would its theme song be?
0: Now <laughs> This is so unrelevant but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, earlier today, I was trying to test out a lyric site with yep. my partner uh-huh. and we were trying to think of a song to like enter in to test whether or not it was correctly bringing up lyrics like it should yep and so he put in lady gaga's romance bad romance uh-huh yeah uh and oh poor poor harry i feel like his series of life his life is a series of bad romances yep oh goodness i don't know that that's necessarily battleground relevant oh although maybe it is relevant for poor uh, thomas and his relationship with
1: justine and whatever the heck's going on with that right now you also Oof. oh yeah you also find out he's known about this for a long time oh i i didn't catch that yeah she, I, when did he talk to just or uh, uh to uh thomas he didn't. When he talked to Justine, he said, how long have you been in there? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He tells him that she he knew right away. Oh. Yeah. So he, he knew and he hasn't told Harry either. That's another. Hmm. Okay. We're still <laughs> talking about the book. <laughs> <laughs> if this book were a food, what food would it be? Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Okay. I feel
0: <laughs> you know, that that good good uh spice. I I feel like it is it is predominantly battle, especially the the whole second book. Yeah, it's 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 literally battlegrounds. It's nothing but battle, nothing but fighting, and characters dying and proving their worth and you know grit and valor and like mm, rage of, <laughs> rage of dragons flashbacks. Yep, yep, yep.
1: <laughs> like. So I feel like something very spicy is appropriate. Okay. Um, if this book were a candy bar, what candy bar would it be? God damn it! You with the food. Um, <laughs> I have another one. Do you want a different one?
0: No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take candy bar. I just, I just have to think about it. I feel like one of those candy bars that has the, um, it pops. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes there's ones where there's, if you introduce moisture to the candy, mm-hmm. it does like little snacks. It's like pop, pop rocks. rocks. Yes. But like in the candy bar yep. mm-hmm. and chili peppers. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep with that. Uh, it needs to be spicy.
1: I'm surprised you didn't choose a theme song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: I, had- I know the band. I can't think of any songs. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, wow. Under the Bridge was like the Boulevard of Broken Dreams of like 10 years solid. They still played on the radio too much. Well, I recognize Boulevard of Broken Dreams. (laughs) Yep. Because they played on the radio too much. (laughs) Fair enough. If you could change anything about this book, what would it be?
0: I feel like there were fight scenes that could have been shortened. Yep. Like down to bare mentions. Um and that was the thing about, you know, when you have a 17 hours of a book and gosh, you know, over 10 hours of it is literally nothing but fight scenes. Yep. I was tuning it out.
1: Age of Dragon's time, flashbacks. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like you could totally take a lot of these fight scenes and say, you know, oh, as I was running through to this other street, I saw name a character do this crazy thing. Oh my goodness. And like, and then he kept going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of
0: devoting an entire scene
1: to it. For sure. All right. Three words to describe this book. Every time, you know, I'm going to ask this question and you don't know. Every time (laughs) I don't think about it. (laughs) Um, Oh my God.
0: I, I hate to use a word that's in the title of the thing. Let's go with war. I was going to yep. say battle, but let's go with war. Because yep. it is. It is a war between a huge group of peoples and, you know, someone who's trying to invade them and say that they're wrong and they're terrible and they're the worst. Yep. Um, I would say love. Yep. In in that way that, like, hate and love are sometimes talked about as both opposites, but also not. They talk about it in this book. Yeah. Like, yeah. there, there's... It's relevant like the the in, incredible passion and love that you have for some people invites the actions that you take for or against them yep and lastly family yep. which might be similar to that that love thing but similar but different i feel like so much of harry's driving force his you know reason for doing what he does is because of his family whether it's literal bloodline family or chosen family you know the people that you have decided are your best friends in the world that deserve your protection and devotion and love and that's what he does right yeah yeah for sure hey morgan Yes. What are we reading next? Next up, we are listening to Sandman. This is so fun. I read the comic book series forever ago. So did I. It's it's one of the first comic book series I ever read. It's delightfully dark and it's fascinating fucking weird and absolutely weird. <laughs> there like there's nothing about this series that is normal or yep reasonable. It's. Such an interesting interpretation of the concept of gods and dreams and human subconscious, and it's so fascinating, which I'm really excited by. Uh, so this is by Neil Gaiman, and just kind of as a quick FYI, this series is not not for kids, not for youngins. It's it's got mature concepts, not only in the concept of oh, there's hanky-panky or, oh, there's violence. But, like, it's frickin' weird in yeah. mind-bending, bizarre ways. Or at yep. least the comic was, so I presume that
1: the audiobook version of that same story will be. The audiobook has a warning on it that says, just like the original graphic novels, this audio adaptation contains explicit language and graphic violence as well as strong sexual content and themes discretion is advised just fyi it's not so weird that like you can't read it but if you're sensitive or whatever i mean i wouldn't let your 10 year old read it or listen to this or whatever you know like i mean i would have read it at 10 but yeah and ignoring the fact that i
0: think i literally
1: started the comic book series when i was 10 but you know whatever but some parents are like nope and this is for sure the case with this one yeah um there is an interesting cast like neil gaiman is is actually a reader in this same James McAvoy is in it uh Andy Circus, Michael Sheen Taryn Edgerton Kat Dennings a bunch of people are in this as a full cast performance so it should be pretty bomb I am so excited ah. yeah and just for people who maybe aren't going to listen to this if you wanted to you could read the first um comics this uh adapts volumes one through three of the graphic novel series which is includes preludes and nocturnes the doll's house and dream country which are very strange the doll uh, do, the doll's house is a really weird one so you could read the comic instead of this and still catch up with this podcast if you want to or if you don't want to listen to this or don't have access to audible for audiobooks um you can still just listen to this podcast and here we'll, we'll talk about, about it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i'm sure you'll get all the spoilers so it'll be fine i'm just i'm probably just going to be sitting there for an hour going this is weird! Uh, I'm <laughs> so excited.
0: I, I haven't started listening yet, but I am so here for it.
1: Yeah, Neil Gaiman is hands down one of my favorite authors. I literally own every book he's ever published. There's only one I don't like, which is the one that he got the most awards for, which is American Gods. I was not into that, although I was into the TV show. Oh. Um, I've met him, I think, upwards of 20 times. I have this recursive picture project with him where I had him sign my iPod one time and he signed it and drew Dream from the Sandman on on my iPod. And I took a picture. And then the next time I brought him that picture and he signed it and he was like, hey. and then the next time I brought him a picture of him signing that picture. <laughs> and I've been doing that every time I see him. He used to come to the Bay Area a lot. Like, I mean, there was one year when he came like, I think five times. So he started recognizing me after a while, which was kind of funny because he was like, oh, you got a picture. Cool. Um, So yeah so i have this recursive picture project going on with him i gotta find those i don't know where they are if i find them i'll i'll post them on our instagram at that some point so cool i don't know where they are Maybe i haven't I can find- met, like any star people at all oh comic con was really helpful also people come to the bay area i am a person who somehow finds out about these things and then makes sure i go to them like i used to go to like nine to ten events a week like I would go to concerts, I would go to readings, I would go to Whatever. I, I don't mind crowds. I'm How super extrovert. Extrovert. No. Extrovert. No. Just just extrovert. Yeah, that's all you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that stuff. Um so and I'm I'm kinda into it. So I go to a lot of events and stuff. Well I did previously. This is this is one of the reasons corona sucks for me, because I'm just like, I guess I'm in my house now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So instead I just started like an extra YouTube channel and you know, a podcast. And a podcast. And it's, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. All right. Anything else we have about our next book? Um, I think that's about it. Um, I do have homework for everyone, which is the three items that I always ask you to do, which is rating this book on your purchase platform. If you read Peace Talks and or Battleground, please go to your purchase platform and rate that book. It really helps the authors out. Go ahead and rate this podcast on whatever podcast app you like to subscribe on and follow us on Instagram at genre all one word.